here's a message from Ken Lavica. I think it's important every once in a while for all of us to get in touch with our sensitive sides. And sweet God, have we been doing it in sports. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Stone, could, uh, could you get me Oppenheimer, please? Just let me know when you have them ready. And I hate to have to start a show like this, but I owe it to the public to let you know the following. Joe Shad, Palm Beach Post. His tweet reads his following from Dolphins training camp. Mike McDaniel and trainers attending to Jalen Waddle, who is briefly down but walks off. End training camp. Just end it. End it. Hopefully, that's nothing. And he just waddled off. And that's it. Hopefully. I guess I have, uh, I have PTSD from, uh, from Jalen Ramsey. At least he walked off on his own power. That's true. That's true. God. It, it just makes your stomach turn. It makes your damn stomach turn. Uh, guess who's back? Jeanette Javier, Dominiquin. She's back from her her bachelorette party in Puerto Rico, and she made it home in one piece and apparently healthy. Uh, so barely. That is that is good for all. So it is great to have Jeanette back. Jeanette, um, would you consider yourself sensitive? Would you consider yourself someone who gets into her feelings fairly often? Pending. But mainly, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just went, I was like, is it with family? Is it with men? Is it with life? No, but I, I just, would say overall, yes. Okay. I'll, I'll use you two as an example. I get very emotional. Yeah. With you two, so. and, and because if you said no, I was definitely going to call you out on that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm glad you were, you were forthright with all, all of us adults here in this room. Now, mm-hmm. I would say, along the lines with you, uh, you've known me a long time. Stone's known me. I get sensitive like I can make fun of myself uh when it comes to criticism of me I handle it just fine but I do a lot of times live a life where I feel slighted I am definitely one of those chip on shoulder people um especially when it comes professionally but also especially when it's about someone or something in sports that I have great great passion for that I feel for, that I go to bat for, that I have their back. But I'm a, I am a sensitive person. Stone, you don't strike me as an overly sensitive person. You, more than anybody I know or spend any considerable time with, I think let things or at least give off the impression of letting things roll off your back uh, more than anybody that I spend significant time with. All of that true. I have uh, no argument against that. I think the impression thing is a hefty percentage of it. But I do a good job masking all of that stuff. But if I had to give a yes or no, I'd say no, I'm not that sensitive. Okay. Uh, and I think that's accurate. I say it's a lie. Of course you do. <laughs> uh, I uh, was, was, was sifting through the, the NFL news yesterday. And I stumbled upon a quote from Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. Apparently... There are some commanders players who don't like the mannerisms, the coaching of new offensive coordinator and two-time Super Bowl champion, count him two-time Super Bowl champion, Eric Bieniemy. Uh saying he's he's too intense. He's coaching too hard. Now, forget the fact that if I were Ron Rivera, I probably wouldn't be putting this out there into the public, right? Because it does no good for anybody. It, it, it creates drama where there doesn't need to be. It's throwing your players under the bus for being soft. It's throwing your offensive coordinator under the bus because he's going to be getting questions about his coaching techniques. The same man 
who has not landed a head coaching job in 15, count them, 15 tries. So obviously there's something there that is not attractive enough to NFL teams 15 different times. So then you start prying, what's wrong with Eric B? Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the thing right here. Ron Rivera, he, he shed some light on it. Here's Ron Rivera at Washington Commander's training camp discussing some issues between his players and Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy and his intensity, have players had to kind of adapt to that and have any sort of struggled with that at times? Yeah, I mean, they have. And and, and, and one of the biggest things is, is, is you know, and I've, I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know, and and I think, you know, I think as they go and they talk and they listen to them, it's, it's been it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, you know, you, you, again, you get a different kind of player from from the players back in the past, um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So, you, you know, us as a coach, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a Jack tendency Delrio. to try and figure guys out a little bit more. As opposed to, hey, this is it. This is the way it's going to be. That type of stuff. Where Eric, Eric hasn't had that 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 uh, that experience yet. Just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard. Or, well, um, they they just were. So so, there is a follow up there somewhere. Uh, but you get the gist. Um, that's on me. There is a follow-up somewhere, and I don't know where that follow-up is because that was a great question by that reporter uh, to get to the bottom of what exactly he's talking about there. Um, it is clear that there are players on the Washington Commanders who are completely uh, either intimidated or overwhelmed by Eric Bieniemy. I, I, I can't believe at the NFL level, I guess I misgaged this, I can't believe at the NFL level that there are players who would be overwhelmed by the coaching of assistants, of a position coach, of a coordinator. That's wild to me, especially when you consider that this Washington football franchise, let me go through the last six years of the Washington Commanders slash Washington football team slash Washington Redskins, okay? <laughs> last year, 8-8, eight and eight. 2021, 7-10, and 10. 2027, and 9, 2019, 3-13, and 13. 2018, 7-9, and nine. 2017, 7-9. and nine. When you play for that franchise and you're on the practice field in training camp and you're saying, oh, my offensive coordinator is too intense. He's coaching me too hard. Therein lies the reason why you have 8-8, eight 7-10, eight, 7-9, seven 3-13, and and 7-9. I mean, that's sensitive stuff. And I am always, Jeanette, willing to... To look at the, hey, is this person being mistreated? Is this coach pushing someone too far? Uh, are they just being some demonstrative dictator on the field? This doesn't sound like that. This just sounds like a guy who had a certain way, who is a significant contributor to two championships and three Super Bowl appearances. And there's some, I'll say it, I'll use the S word, some soft, sensitive guys on that Washington football team. I'm glad you said the word soft because the other two words that came in my mind, uh, we would be fined by the SEC for. <laughs> Does one start with a P? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And the other one starts with a B. Figure uh-huh. out. <laughs> um, but it is incredible that these guys feel overwhelmed when you have Eric B show up, a guy with an incredible resume as of recently. It's not a guy who's been, what, 10 years plus? Isn't what, aren't his accolades something you want to achieve? Like, don't you have to put in that work too to have what he has? He's been there. He knows what it takes. Now, when you look at like, do you want to stay where you're at or do you want to have what Eric B has got? Choose one. It is stupid that they're acting like that. It really, it really is ridiculous. And by the way, uh, what was cut off there, could you just play the end of that question that I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be Ron Rivera. 
real quick. Here's the the question that had no answer because I failed miserably as a host to properly vet the clip. Here's the end of that. Just a, when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard or Well, um they just were a little concerned. That was the response from Ron Rivera. Concerned of what? Right. Was there a follow-up question to that? I don't what I, they I don't know. Of? Uh, it's of not winning a Super Bowl or getting having a successful season? I, I if if it came out that Eric Bieniemy <laughs> was forcing them to run gassers in the heat mm-hmm. or doing something that was going to to cause them physical harm potentially, I would get why this would be a story. But Ron Rivera, by explaining what he explained, made it seem like that roster is just full of soft players, um, or on the other side of it, Eric Bieniemy is a dictator. I, I'm sure you could take it either way, but this room chooses to take it as, that's not a good look for that roster. Why would Ron Rivera say anything like that? I don't understand it. Stone, what? You, please let us you know you played the game. You're the only one in this room who played the game. And I, I think there are faces and enough voices now around television on national radio that'll uh, speak up in, in behalf of Eric Bieniemy, and they have. And it's unfortunate for our show that this kind of broke as soon as we got off the air, right? That all of it started circulating in that late afternoon time, but then waking up and seeing it get more legs and kind of take flight a little bit and become a bigger story, it. I'm trying to find a word of what it made me do in the morning, but I I really wanted to crawl out of my skin. And to be honest with you, I think it's the one story in training camp so far that I'm interested in, Mm. that I think people do want to hear about. I think that it's one of those, oh, God, here we go. But at the same time, you can't look away and you can't stop listening to this stuff because you want to point the finger and call these guys soft. Where I go with it, though, is besides the losing records, I don't know what type of player at this level would even venture out to say a coach is too intense. Like, it makes me question. (laughs) That's a great point. point. Forget the losing culture of that Washington club, right? At the NFL level, we're talking professionals. You had to work your ass off to even get to this point, no matter who the coach was. If you can't take um, coaching, intense coaching at this level, I'm shocked by that. I'm legitimately shocked by that. And I think for the ones who are saying that he's too intense, I would love to go back and see their coaching history, right? Who their head coaches Mm -hmm. were, what organizations, you know, what programs Mm -hmm. you played for, because that's where I'm scratching my head. Which Ron Rivera mentioned that some guys come from a certain program, some guys come from different programs. Sure. And that's a very good point. Like, they probably had college coaches who at the time were tougher than Eric BM. I can't pronounce his last name, so that's why I say B. And I'm questioning if that's true nowadays based off of, I think, the guidelines. And at the college level, it becomes a little political, and you have to, you know, abide by this rule and this guideline and all of these things. So it's really starting me to to question the entire thing, right, with the Northwestern football thing. Like, I think there's a direction we're heading, and we're seeing it creep up to the NFL, which we never, ever thought would. Well, the Northwestern football thing, though, has featured allegations of sexual assault yeah, and racism. Different. Of, of course, different. Of course it's different. And when I bring that up, I just mean kind of the whistleblowing and someone's being too hard. I understand that was way too far and that crossed the yeah, line, yeah, but yeah. still just the principle of it as far as he's being too hard on me, they're being too hard on me, I'm going to say this. I think that wasn't a thing, or it's not a thing that we're used to at this day and age. And again, where my mind goes as far as some coaching and organizations Go play for the New England Patriots in Bill Belichick's prime. If yeah. You want to talk about dictatorship and, and, and being held to a certain standard, and if you don't meet that standard, bye-bye. You're on a Greyhound, uh, the next Greyhound home, and Mike Vrabel and the Dan Campbells and these guys who you want to talk about intense, these are the ones that are intense. Or, or the guys, I think the demographic, the, the age of that 40 to 50, 60, a lot of the listeners that we have, they're laughing at all of this stuff. And those people at that age yeah. can just backtrack to when they played in high school right. and you talk about those gassers and how they were just beaten to a pole. But I also think that uh, from that standpoint, it's easy for Jeanette, older generations to be like, oh, this younger generation's just soft. They're just That's happened since the beginning of time. For sure. They're just soft. They're just soft. I don't think You're these days... There. Yeah, I am getting there. Uh, I don't think you need a coach, though, that's a spittle in your face and MF you up and down the field. Like, that. that's power trip nonsense. If you have a coach like that, I think that's nonsense. I don't think that's what's happening with Eric Bieniemy. If he's telling you to re- redo this route or another rep, and that's too intense, because that's what I get the sense is happening here, right. that's a problem. That's extremely problematic. Yes and no. Because, From a player standpoint. 
Well, yes and no to the whole, like, a guy yelling at you and spitting in your face. Like, that honestly just comes with the circumstance. I don't um, think it has to, though. Yeah, when I did powerlifting, I literally hired somebody to yell at me when I was trying to lift 250 pounds, and it worked well, for me. I, that, that's, but that's something that works for you, but it, when yeah. you're a coach, you've got a, you can't do a one-size-fits-all. But you're in the NFL. But coaching styles are a real thing. And when you got, look at a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, I know he's not in the league, but that's just the first kind of name that comes to my mind. Like, he wasn't spitting in your face. Like, the Sean McVay's, he'll get yeah. a little great. Like, coaching styles are an actual and thing. I know I Zach would, Taylor's not yelling in I would face. argue in the NFL, when we're talking professionals, too, and veterans, guys uh, that carry a lot of weight, they, and this is the same thing in the NBA. You think Eric Spolster is ever MFing in someone's uh, face? With that Heat team, absolutely not. In the NFL, it's the same thing. There's a story about when Nick Saban was the head coach of the Dolphins, and he went up to a veteran lineman and tried this whole uh, MFing thing on him, and the guy said, you ever say that to me again, and I'll kick your ass. That's to the head coach. But that, you don't, you can't, you cannot handle professionals like you would a high school football team, right? Where are the old school, oh, gassers, oh, you've got to do it. But you've got to do it where you're stern, where you're making an impression, but you're also not in their face. Like you cannot coach in the NFL like that. Eric Bianami knows that. So him asking you to do another rep, get it right. That wasn't good enough. And that's too much for these players, which I'm assuming is what has taken place. That's a huge issue for this roster. Yeah, there's pedigree. And I think for Eric Bianami's sake, like he's holding his guys to a certain standard. And then that's all that you can ask from a certain coach. I don't necessarily think that. I mean, if there was another report, we would have definitely heard about it, right? Yeah. If he was getting physical with guys, if he was Yeah, if this low- was an Urban Meyer situation. Yeah, yeah. We, we would absolutely know about it. And we know Jack Del Rio's history and, and some of the things that he's done and some of the players. But God, this is questioning to me. I, I still haven't been able to get a grip on it because we're talking about grown ass men <laughs> making money lots of money in most cases not that's only, a whole nother parallel not only of this that, but i'm pretty sure there are so many other grown-ass men in this world who would hop in their spot immediately to have the opportunities that they have to yeah, yeah, i mean that's for eric the enemy what you throw in somebody's face like am i too intense for you well larry would love to make 26 million dollars a it year it's thrown in my face all the time and i'm just here in well, a local radio okay so i do not <laughs> feel bad from that angle here's a couple of things if it's the young guys, if it's the young guys, how is it possible you're going to the head coach and admitting, hey, this is too intense for me when you're fighting for a job? How is that possible? If it's the veterans of this group who are quote unquote leaders in the locker room, how is it possible you're going to the head coach telling them, telling him that things are too intense when you've experienced nothing but losing seasons in your time? in that uniform, and you have a two-time champion, three-time AFC champion offensive coordinator coming in. I can't understand from any perspective how this is happening. I love that point, and I I think when you're listening to Ron Rivera and and you're putting on your tinfoil hat, because I had to listen to the audio at least 40 times. But he should not have said any of this. Of course he should not have said anything, but I think where he slipped up, and again, this is me with my tinfoil hat on, is he used the word programs, right, where these the programs that these guys come from. So I guess that would be context clues college because I think for an NFL, you would say organization where they would come from. So we said program. So I get the gist that these are younger guys, which is still just as alarming to your point. But when he said programs, I immediately thought, okay, these are the younger guys on the team. So I just had a funny thought when I'm doing my F45 workouts or I'm starting to go back to lifting heavy. My motivation to myself is now going to be don't be an offensive lineman from the commanders. Like just do your workouts. Yeah. Do it hard. Don't be a wide out. Don't be a tight end. Don't, no, yeah. not only that, but like, don't complain that your workouts are too hard if you actually want to see success. Yeah. 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 That's the way it is. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Do you want to be the commanders or do you want to be the chiefs? It's as simple as that. <laughs> it's really. How, how pathetic is that? That like Stone said, you have grown men complaining mm-hmm. about a team that has lost for how many seasons now? Uh, six, six straight losing seasons. Complaining about trying to like the path to success. Yeah. Do you want to throw that 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 one liner out there? I want to clip that. I want to put that one out there. Hey, America, ask yourself this. Do you want to be the commanders or do you want to be the chiefs? Or let's try, do you want to be a commander or do you want to be a chief? Okay. So let me make it a little it. more personal. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Hey, America. I have a question for you. Do you want to be a commander or do you want to be a chief? Good.
Boom. Okay. I'm going to play that all every time I go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Just right. on loop. Ah! Yeah. Just I'm on loop. Cheese. Damn right. Damn right. I think I think it's the best one-liner from some of the personalities on TV or the radio that yeah. I've heard so far. Absolutely. And he pulled that one out of his butt. Absolutely. I am Patrick Mahomes walking into this game. <laughs> what, what or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? What or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? It seems like Washington offensive personnel uh, very sensitive about how they're being worked by Eric Bieniemy. I'm going to say this. I'm sensitive about Tua. I don't like how he gets treated. I don't like a lot of fans and the discourse around him. I don't like how uh, this noodle arm thing. I, I've never liked it. I don't. And I know uh, there's a lot of joking about it. But this guy is one of the most accurate passers in the NFL. We forget that this man went through an injury that 10 years ago, your career's over the one he suffered against Mississippi State his final year of college football, okay? Uh, and this guy has done nothing but been an exemplary face of the organization. This after uh, the example of what not to be as a head coach, Brian Flores, the way Tua was treated by him, and Tua kept his mouth shut until Brian Flores was gone and gave a little insight into what the locker room was like and was reinforced by others' accounts of the behavior of Brian Flores. Uh, to him, I'm very sensitive about his well-being. I'm very sensitive about how he is is portrayed as a competitor, as a football player, as a winner. Because I think he checks all the boxes for someone who could succeed in the NFL. And I hope, hope, hope that this man can stay healthy for at least a season so we can finally show those who want to bag him all, to, all the time that he can get the job done. I'm very sensitive about Tua. What or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? What or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? I'm done being sensitive about the White Sox. They're terrible. 888-760-3776. And you can hit us up on social media at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. It's like this week. I don't know if you saw it, Jeanette. Tim Anderson of the White Sox getting knocked out on the field. I, I can't even say anything about that. I can't defend that. I can't have his back. It happened, and I, I, I move on because I'm done. It's the only thing in sports. I watched probably <laughs> over the uh-huh. weekend. In Down goes Anderson! Down goes Anderson! Oh, God. What a punk! Way to start the fight and you just lose thought, it. You can't square up and then two seconds later be flat on your ass. Like, uh, you can't. Embarrassing. It's funny me saying that. <laughs> I wonder if he I'm thinks I'm a big that, brawler. I wonder if he thinks that was a little too intense. And maybe in that J Ram fight. It's always that person though, like who starts to talk and can't finish it, who's the first one to get knocked well, out. You I know? promise you, based on because Tim Anderson then subsequently went on a uh, uh, a Twitter tirade with a bunch of subtweets, seems like he's sensitive about people making fun of him for getting knocked out. Then do better. Right, you like, gotta do you better. You did that to yourself. So you just lay finish low. the fight if you're gonna start it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, God. Now, now, Ron Rivera did come back and say yesterday, oh, I put my foot in my mouth uh, with my Eric Bieniemy comments. Ron, you think? You think, Ron? You think you put your foot in your mouth, Ron? Too little, too late there. Yeah, but. that's the problem is that all of this was said already. So the damage has been done. I'm glad he acknowledged it, and that's what a leader does. But like, that's going to linger there until the commanders take the field. I was going to say we have a little less than a month until we kick things off, and that's going to be a question on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, mm-hmm. on Thursday, and Friday, and so on and so on until we kick this thing off. And if something happens to one of his offensive players, if you see some sort of frustration on the sideline, Eric Benemy is immediately going to right. come up in the whole situation. Exactly. That's well said. I've just got more excited on the fact when Stone said we have football in about a month. Less than a month. It's so great. Can't wait. Speaking of uh, putting feet in mouths. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, uh-oh, I had a bad <laughs> habit of trying to no, chew you- toenails. I did, what? too. I, I loved that. Wait. wait. <laughs> I love that. What? Well, you ratchet. <laughs> what did you just say? What did you just admit? Um, Can't say that again. I, Don't say I, that as again. As a kid, when what? I could still reach my feet to yeah. my face. Yeah. Would attempted. This was oh. like probably age six, seven, eight. Try to chew toenails. Okay, okay, okay. I'm a chronic nail okay, chewer for as it is. Clarification, because the way it was described, I thought y'all were being nasty, nasty toddlers, and grabbing other people's nasty feet. Oh uh, no, no, no! This was our stuffing own. Stuffing their nasty toenails in your mouth. Oh, so it's okay because it was our own toes. No, stop. <laughs> 
No, I never chewed anybody else's toenails, but I definitely got into my big toe. I, I think it was the age where you don't know how to use nail clippers yet, and you kind of thought it was a little satisfying. So you get that big toe off, and you feel like you were an adult. I think that was the gist for me. Okay. If I can remember my brain in, at <sighs> age five. But definitely the thing that I did. It's funny you bring that up. There is something. The that Stone, when Stone dropped, uh, I would definitely get into my big toe. There was something so... Um, a, repulsive, but B, relatable about that. I've never had that feeling before in 39 years of life. I still don't know what I just felt. Did you ever try to chew your toenails? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I just gave Jeanette a look like, what am I doing? Okay. What am I doing? Just for clarification, but I'm I curious almost now. had a heart attack and ran out of the studio and poured holy water on myself <laughs> on the idea that you guys were grabbing other people's toenails no. and eating them. I, Can I just say, okay. There's then I no retract- consumption of said toenail. Yeah. No, I, I retract what I said in my overreaction per clarification. So it's okay we chewed our own toenail? Yes, when you were younger, not now. No, not now. Oh, never. Uh, like a couple months ago, I, never. I, I, caught one of, I caught one of my girls trying to d- give some big toe action. Oh, and I had to be like, "Hey, that's not good." Like, you get a lie. Like the tooth fairy would never Awkward. come if you saw yeah. you doing this that. This is how foot fetishes probably start. No, it's not. Yeah, that's why right. you got to get toenails off. I don't like long nails. You guys are so disgusting. It's hygiene. I know. It's just a hygiene. reverse effect. Like, yeah, hygiene. it's like primal. It's like the primal <laughs> exactly hygiene. We how? we are animals at our core. One hundred percent. Jeanette, yeah. if there are two people in this. Three people group in this single studio. Oh. You don't think there are thousands of thousands of people out there listening who are like, oh my God, that's insane. Because I, I used to do it yeah, too. I'd be willing to bet chewing toenails is some deep down um, genetic primal feature of hygiene. I, I think love that beyond something. Lunch hour. People are sitting down at their beautiful desk or wherever listening to us. And you guys are ruining people's lunches oh, I know, I know. on the image of snacking on some toenails. <laughs> We're not eating them. We're just grooming ourselves what uh anthony in west palm on ken levick alive anthony i apologize for your lead-in what's up anthony no no worries no worries brother um yes i am in the i chewed my toenails right. group as we're, a child we're all a family here uh, anthony i'm welcome. glad you admitted no, 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 no. that you welcome to the out of this welcome one. to the toe chewing family i'm not going to the Jeanette, reunion when you have a child you will understand i promise yeah um yeah. Uh, so uh, you guys, I were talking about the Eric Enemy issue. Um, uh-huh. I think, honestly, uh, like this is the welcome to the participation trophy era. Remember those kids? Mm. They're now in the NFL, and now mommy isn't there to complain anymore. And now they're going to the head coach, and Ron Rivera is in this situation where he's like, well, "I don't," you know, he he wants to focus on football, but again. Unfortunately, like I said, the guys who have been pacified and just because, now don't get me wrong, we are talking about the best of the best. Right. But the best of the best during the the, the participation trophy era were kind of just coddled and, oh, he's a great athlete, let him go, let him have it. And again, uh, we, we all talk about how the participation trophy era hurt, has hurt our kids, our students, and all of that, and it's just like they're now professional athletes. Yeah, and this is the byproduct. Of yeah, it. and I, I there there is some truth to that, and and appreciate the call. They are the these are the best of the best, and I suppose I get I get sort of twisted up in that though because again I I have seen I have covered high school, college, NFL for a long time. I'm a very old man, and I have seen the trials, the tribulations, the work that even with the softest person that gets into the NFL the work they actually have had to put in to get to that point. And that's what's so mind-boggling to me. And I, I want to push back on the participation trophy thing for a second, too. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you participated in something and tried your best with something, right, at a young age. You can, you can be rewarded for giving 100% effort with something tangible like a plastic trophy and it not stunt your your mental growth, okay? I firmly believe that. I think the bigger issue is not the participation trophy, and we just like to fall back on that phrase. The bigger issue is the overprotective parenting. Helicopter parents. Yes. And I, 
I relate to this so much more now as an actual parent than if I was talking about this 10 years ago. Because both of my daughters are competitive dancers now. And they will come home and say, oh, Mr. So-and-so, or this was tough. This was a tough practice. And you know what? I can't tell you how many times I've had to say, that's what's going to get you better. Like, I, I, I refuse... I'm not going to let, that's the bigger issue. The, well, let me go talk to him. Let me go talk to him. Like if my kids certainly were, were absolutely wronged and there's no doubt, whether it be in dance, whether it be in school, I'm on their ass. Okay. I'm on the teacher's ass. I'm on the, the instructor's ass. That said, I think there's a certain line and that's a line well down the road before you get to that. I'm not going to have my kids complain about, ah, it was, it was hard. And then, why are you working my kids so hard? She came home exhausted. No, 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 no. That's how you're going to get better. The parenting, the helicopter parents, as Jeanette said, the, the overprotective parents, the my kid can do no wrong. That's the bigger problem than a participation trophy. Well, if you want to get real about it, talk to any teacher these days. Teachers complain more, more about the parents than the actual students right. because of that reason where... Right. The parent will be like, oh, why isn't my, why is my kid failing your class? And it'll be like, well, your kid didn't do homework. Well, you gave him too much homework. Like, no, that's not the way it goes. I think sometimes there's a fine line between protecting your child and stunting your child. I could never be a teacher for that reason. And I think if we wanted to give specific examples, and if we're in the midst of revising Anthony's, you know, participation trophy. And um, Anthony's not wrong. He's not wrong. uh, You're not wrong. But what I'm saying is I, this is not just Anthony. I push back against this participation trophy thing all the time because that's not the problem. Well, even then, like I, there was a period where I I ran five half marathons and was I fast? No, I had an eight minute mile, but I was so dang proud of that medal. You ran 13 damn miles five different times. Of course you should get something for that. I got that medal and it was cool, but I wasn't like, oh, damn, six. I didn't run a six-minute mile. That's like, miserable. If you're if you're eight-year-old Billy, okay, and you're all of four-two and seventy-seven pounds, and you're out there running around playing soccer in ninety-degree heat in a South Florida summer, you know what you should get? At least a little tiny plastic trophy <laughs> for trying your ass off during that time. Okay, it's not. Oh well, sorry, Billy. Uh, you may be genetically predisposed to being a, a shrimp. That sucks. Go home, get bigger, then maybe you can get a trophy. That doesn't do anybody any good. And if you think that, you're just an abject, dumbass meatball. And uh, honestly, I think uh, you, were, you, were, you, you were yeah. onto something there until you said that it doesn't do anything for, for some people. Because it does for some people, right? This is why we're having this discussion. Because some people have, have raised their children that way, and that's sure. how they get off, and that's how their kids are going to take to it. But I think speaking to... And revising the statement as far as giving participation trophies, I'll speak to more hardcore examples of it. And, and nowadays in college recruiting, uh, you call them day one starters. And, and it, it, we've, we, we know what it takes now to recruit kids out of high school, whether it's NIL and whether it's promising them certain things. What it is now is these high school age kids are being told that if you come here, you're going to be a day one starter. There's a lot of gratification, and it comes from how many stars sure. you have from 247. Sure. Uh, it comes from how many offers you get. And so by the time you show up on campus, it's, this is my kingdom. 100%. I, I think that's more so the participation trophy. There's a hardcore example of what Anthony was kind of hinting at. And these high school age kids, these four and five star kids, are surrounded by yes men. Like they've never been told no. If they want to go here well, and because skip it's pra- a legitimate business now. 100%. And if they want to not attend practice because they have X, Y, and Z, their coach is never telling them no like it was, I'm sure, 20 years ago. So these things are happening now where these kids are promised certain things, and that eventually carries on to when you're 23 years old and playing for the Washington Commanders. So it's not the part- participation trophy era. It's just more so the, the, the yes men era. These kids have never been told no, and they've never been told they suck. And I'm sure Eric Bieniemy is saying, you're not going to get on my field if you continue to do these things. And these kids have never heard that before. But Jeanette, still, the honor of playing for Eric Bieniemy at that level. I don't think they understand what that means right now. That's yeah. so stupid. They don't understand. They can't grasp the concept of what's going on. They, they knew they were going to be in the NFL since they were 16 years old. If there's one person you absolutely want to impress and bust your ass off, it's for him. Yeah. Uh, you would think. You would, you would think. But you again, think. when it, the commander. When a guy has, has not gotten a job after 15 tries as a head coach, it opens up the questions to maybe this is why. Yeah. Maybe this is why. You ain't no chief. You a commander. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's why Ron Rivera needed to just do anything but that.
put his foot but he in did his it. mouth but then before he, he spoke. <laughs> right. Put his whole foot in his mouth, not just his big toe uh, for the nail. Y'all are nasty. Uh, what or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? And did you, as a youngster, chew your toenails? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's right. That's right. It's what we do on the most successful and only midday sports radio show in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. What or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? I say Tua. The commander's offense says Eric Bieniemy being too difficult on them. What or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? And are you like Stone and I? Did you chew your toenails as a youngster? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Jeanette weighs in. Stone weighs in. And we also, we were failed yesterday by a member of our Ken Levick Alive team that I never thought would fail us. And we'll tell the story as we get on through our number one. Here until 2 o'clock, she's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. I have two instances, myself personally, experience of why I support participation trophies. Tell them in a second after I tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Your experience in foot and ankle pain need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. All right, so real quickly, I was a, a Cub Scout into Boy Scout when I, was, uh, when I was younger, okay? I never achieved Eagle Scout. I quit before I got to Eagle Scout. One of the actual great regrets of, uh, of my life, I got all the way to Life Scout, which is the step below Eagle Scout, and just decided, ah, I'm done. I, what I used to Why? hate was when we would go on on camping trips and we'd stop at places like there was it was never cool to girls when you were wearing your boy scout uniform it just wasn't that i i i had much anxiety about that as a kid in retrospect it's dumb but when you're like a, a 13 year old hormones raging and you want attention from girls showing off your merit badges is not necessarily the way to go and now you live with regret congratulations yeah so so we would have a pinewood derby every single year and so that's where it basically is you have a block of wood and you have uh axles and 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 wheels and so you got to carve this block of wood into into a car put the wheels on and then you race them down a ramp uh and uh, you you determine a winner off of that a bracket the whole thing it's very common in the cub scouts this pinewood derby okay so my for whatever reason and i don't know if it was my fault i don't know if it was greg's fault my dad like we could just never craft a Pinewood Derby car worth a damn. Like they were always slow. You would put weights on them, but we could never figure it out. We we weren't engineers, and so we we were just we lost every single year. Didn't even get to the final round ever. <laughs> like not even close. Just the slowest Pinewood Derby cars. Um, and you would get your trophy for being a part of it, and that's good. Like fine. But this is my point. There also a, a over time was an award added best design. Now, Greg and my thinking was, like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna win. We can't craft a fast Pinewood Derby car, but I bet we can come up with something that looks crazy as hell. And what did we do? We painted it white. The we we carved the piece of wood into like a, a duck. We put uh, an orange nose on it, a beak, and then we glued feathers onto it. And guess what? We won. Best design. Damn right. And that's why participation trophies matter. I, I, that's the most prideful part of Cub Scouts for me. Not becoming a Weeblow Scout. What is that? Not mean? learning how, it's, uh, that's the step before you graduate to Boy Scouts. It's like the, the like, eighth grade. Like a purple belt in, in Taekwondo. Sure. Okay, okay, it's like okay, the, okay. it's like, uh, the eighth grade of, of Cub Scouts. And then you go on to high school, the Weeblow Scout. 
Um, they could do a better name. <laughs> it, it, it was more prideful. I felt more pride than I did when I learned how to use a pocket knife. Um, you know, so so that matters. And then there's the second part of this story. When I was nine years old playing Addison Township uh, Rec League Baseball in suburban Chicago, I, uh, I was a, a second baseman. I was one of the better players on the team, and I would be used in a variety of different ways. One thing I did rarely, but I could do it, was pitch. And anytime you pitch, that's a big deal. You're pitching at nine years old in rec league baseball. That's a big deal. But because it's suburban Chicago and our baseball season was in the spring, a lot of games, it's cold. It's cold, right? It's, 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 uh, we're talking 45 Ew. degrees. It's just not good. Um, and I was brought in to pitch. I played for the A's. And I was brought in to pitch. I believe we were playing the Orioles. And so this was a rare time I got to pitch. Tight game. Bases loaded. Uh, we played seven innings, so this is in the in the fifth. Because it was so cold, I could not get a grip on the baseball, but I didn't want to tell anybody that I was having trouble getting a grip on the baseball because I never get an opportunity uh, like this to pitch in this. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to figure it out. Could not get a grip on the ball, just guiding it. Ball, 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 ball. I walked five straight hitters, gave up four runs, and got pulled. And after the game, just in tears, just in tears. So like, I remember vividly, everybody had left, and I, my mom had bent down, and I was just crying into her shoulder because I couldn't throw a strike because my hands were so cold being brought into pitch, okay? So at the end of the year, like that's one of my, my worst moments as a competitor, okay, in any walk of life. But at the end of that season, because I tried so damn hard, and I didn't want to tell anybody I was suffering. My hands hurt because they were so cold, but I still tried to pitch. Even to the detriment of the team, my coach flat out said, this guy gave it his all. He deserved this trophy. That meant something to me. So there. That's pathetic. <laughs> you didn't deserve that at all. What are you talking about? I tried so hard. The team so got the hard. L because of you. I know, but I tried really hard. And you got nothing <laughs> for the team. My hands were so cold. It doesn't matter. That's an excuse, They're you like soft purple. man. I'll tell you, you what. You sound like a commander. I'll tell you what. Boy, it's a little, that story's a little commanderish, but I, yeah. I, the first one was a lot better no, than the second No, because I didn't one. complain. I didn't complain. Right. So the first story's a lot better than the second one. The first story was, to be honest with you, a little hard to argue with, but what I gathered from this. From the second one or the first or all? Both. All. I think Greg failed you. No. I think Father Greg failed you. Oh. One. One. Couldn't come off with the engineering to pick up speed on the go-kart. That, that one's a little, uh, come on, Dad. And, and two, where's your hand warmer? Where are the beanbags? Where are the things that keep your hands warm I, when you I take didn't them out? I didn't tell anybody my hands were cold. <laughs> that's, that's on the you that's then, not on Bucko. Greg. That's not, it is on me, I know. But I was trying to gut through it. I was trying to grind. <laughs> I was on that pitcher <laughs> grind. So okay? because of your ego, you the team lost because of you. My you nine year old, yes, my nine year old <laughs> ego got the best of me. It and happens. Then, and then it the happens. team lost because of it, and you expect a reward, a trophy. Get out of here, Ken. And you by the lost. way, I don't think it was Greg's fault for the Pinewood Derby car. Like again, <laughs> like I mean, honestly, who knows what they're doing with that? I actually <laughs> there's a lot of politics involved in the <laughs> Derby. I think that was actually pretty strategic. If anything, I respect that. I, I, yeah. True, like, I was gonna like, go there. That's, that's the way you. You know, you always talk about finding your weaknesses and your strength. Like, damn, we suck at building something fast. But you know what? We're going to look good. That's what I, I was Got to find the loopholes. I, yes. I, when, I was at, when I was depressed, I would say, I can't be depressed and ugly. So I always look pretty, but I was depressed. Right, right. Love that. <laughs> Great analogy. I will give Greg <laughs> so credit, serious. though. I'll give Greg credit. Like, he is a very handy person. I am not at all. I mean, he tried to pass that down to me. And again, it was my arrogance as a kid. <laughs> I didn't allow myself to learn what he was passing down to me. Like, I just called somebody to get it fixed. My dad, I mean, he's in his 70s. And this dude's in our crawl space at my, my old childhood home in suburban Chicago, uh, working on the sump pump in the basement. Uh, this was a couple months ago. Like, the man still got it. He has no business doing that, but he still got it because he has pride. He has pride in what he knows. So I don't think it's his fault with the Pinewood Derby car because he's handy. He's handy. But we're a more artistic family okay more visual which is why we succeeded with the duck car but we just couldn't figure out how to engineer a winning pinewood derby car i respect that move the second story like you soft you didn't deserve that trophy at all but what i complain like hey coach my hands are so cold ouchie 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 pull me out of the game hell no i'm nine years old i'm gonna get it done i'm gonna you find a way <laughs> get what done get what done throw a strike a win? Yeah. you could have gotten a dub 
Instead, you got a loss. Hey, you didn't think about the team. You didn't put the team first. Yeah, you, you, you put yourself up there knowing you weren't going to throw strikes and, and just continue to just no, throw. I thought maybe I could but throw. And throw, you were throwing cheese down there right in the strike zone. But well, the team needed actually, to reward no, him not. for the loss. <laughs> Good job, Ken, selfish man. Thanks for blowing up my entire tail. Uh, what or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? I clearly have childhood trauma over that baseball story. Uh, what or who are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Uh, I promise we'll get to Jeanette's when we come back. I have hogged this entire segment, and for that I'm very, very apologetic. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominican Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Ah, so far through 55 minutes, we have determined the following. The Washington Commanders offense... There could be some culture problems if they think Eric Bieniemy is coaching them too hard. We've also determined that Ron Rivera probably shouldn't have told the international public that Commander's players had a problem with being coached too hard. We've also determined that Stone and I chewed our toenails as children. Like literally reached the big toe and as Stone put it, got in them. We think it might be a primal urge for hygiene. Uh, we've also learned Y'all are disgusting. That, uh, that the Pinewood Derby when you're a Cub Scout sucks. And we've learned that Jeanette and Stone are heartless because I tried as hard as I could to pitch through a jam as a nine-year-old in Little League Baseball with ice-cold hands and didn't want to tell anybody because I wanted to prove to myself, to my coaches, I could get the job done in cold temperatures. And instead, I walked five straight batters. I never threw a strike. I can't believe your coach let you get to five. I'm making you after two. She's, literally, you gave up one run, and I would have been like, yeah, you out. Picture change. Probably could have just told by your body language. You're probably up there trembling. Well, because I was cold. Right. Not because I was scared. Right. I was cold. It was sure. cold, man. You were scared, too. Stop it. Uh, let me tell you about Brightline. Tell you about Brightline. That's right, that big yellow train getting closer to the start of Brightline's high-speed rail service to Orlando. Right now, go to Brightline.com, book your tickets to and from Orlando through early 2024. 16 daily departures. That's a lot of them. You're sure to find a time that works for you. Adult smart fares start at just $79.00. Kids can ride from $39, groups of four or more, save an additional 25% on smart fares. This is a no-brainer. Or enjoy the premium first-class Brightline experience with priority boarding, checked luggage, complimentary food and beverages through the journey and more, starting at $149 one way. That's the premium seating. That is the way Ken Levicka travels on Brightline. I swear by it. And, of course, Brightline is the brightest way to get to and from your favorite sporting events. The Goalgetter Train, Lionel Messi, Inter-Miami. The Home Runner Train, Lone Depot Park, the Marlins, and then the End Zone Express coming this fall. Shuttles from Aventura to Hard Rock Stadium to see the Dolphins. Go Brightline.com, free Brightline app. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. Jeanette, who are, are you sensitive about? What team or, or what athlete are you sensitive about where you see people criticizing them, saying something about them, and you got to jump in? You have to insert yourself into the conversation and defend their honor. Well, uh, the question posed here on our show sheet was who slash what are you most sensitive over as a sports fan? Mm-hmm. So I put players and just watching sporting events in general. Um, first, I mean, it's obvious. I just talked about it uh, during the break. Tom Brady. I love you. I miss you. Please come back. Yeah, even the most innocuous comment about Tom Brady sets off Jeanette. Not only that, but I think it's important to give credit to talent when you see it. Like when you talk about greatness and examples of greatness, I think it's offensive to just football and what he's provided to the game of football if you exclude him from those conversations. So I make sure to bring up Tom Brady and the respect that he deserves in every moment possible he stayed one year too long right stone i mean i, yes, I think so no, the way yes, he no. the way no, they went David. out in the playoffs hey, i thought was a little in the worst ring? like one of the worst divisions in football. let me see your ring <laughs> it's both 19, of you 1972 and the you only perfect season he's quarterback aaron 
Rodgers wishes he could be. And Baker Mayfield will never live up to him on Who's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, okay. there's a bold statement from Jeanette. <laughs> Baker Mayfield will never live up to I the standard of Tom Brady. Back off Tom Brady. <laughs> You have the Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady quarterback battle, right? Taking over headlines. A battle? Fast forward to 2023. It was Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask splitting reps in the preseason. And by the way, the low point the the low point of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was not the 1979 season where they went winless. The low point is in a preseason game on the depth chart. It reading at quarterback QB on the depth chart, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. You guys, are you guys done? Way to make me feel welcome. Yeah, so Baker's starting Friday is the news, and Kyle will start, I believe it's Tuesday. They're following it's so preseason game. Annoying. They mo they mic'd uh, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. It is obvious. And they already posted it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, social media pages. Baker Mayfield is annoying as hell. He is annoying as hell. I never want, I don't like stick with your insurance commercials. That's the only thing he's good at. You know what we should do? We should book him. Let's no. try and get him on the show. Well, we no, should. why? Why? Uh, it would be funny. Why didn't you bring that energy when Tom Brady was the quarterback? Yeah, actually, I would not give you guys the pleasure of booking Baker. If I were <laughs> able to get in contact, I'd keep it all to myself and record my you, own episode. For the Stone Lebanowitz podcast? No, yeah. let me on. You know I'm going to bust through those doors and have a good yeah. conversation. All of the all of the obscure podcasts that you make fun of that Baker's on, all yeah. of the things you have said in the past, no, you're not getting away with Because Because any reputable good podcast would want him anyway. <laughs> he's already been on him. No. He's the number one overall that. draft pick. You don't think he's made his Dan Patrick rounds a la? Somebody who pisses me off way more than Tom Brady. Uh-huh, that's you're sensitive very, about, right? I'm very, I'm very badly sensitive about Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Magic. Yeah, Dwight Howard. He, the Hall of Famer. Hmm. He showed off his Lakers championship there ring yesterday no on social media. What was that championship mean, ring? Why? Yeah. Why? Stop. Very seldom are players picked to play. So I hate this conversation. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. When is Dwight Screw going Dwight in? Screw Dwight Howard. Screw the Lakers. Screw, you know what? All his injuries of being a little whimsical human of the N- uh, NBA. I can't even get my leagues right. Screw Dwight Howard. Who's more sensitive, Dwight Howard or Jeanette Javier? I think that's the next one we must uh, find Howard, an answer to. because I can stand my own and I'm loyal. Dwight Howard ain't got anything to him. If you were in a press conference with FAU and you needed somebody to back you up, I would do it. I appreciate Dwight that. Dwight Howard would never. No, that's very true. Dwight Howard would never. That's very true. And Stone, I've had your back. Yeah. Dwight Howard would never. If I was given an, uh, the, uh, hey, you got to save, uh, you and Dwight Howard were hanging off of a cliff. <laughs> no, you would not. And I had Stone. to pick one. I'm not going to lie, it's pretty tough. Stone? But who contributes more to society? I mean, I just, you know, I, 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 how do I make this? Right, this is not, uh, and what I would say too is there's no way is that, that Stone, there's no way Stone is pulling seven foot Dwight Howard to safety <laughs> as he hangs off a cliff. No, and that's called karma because as yeah. you're trying to pull Dwight Howard off, right. what he's gonna do? And he ain't loyal. I'd be like, Stone, you're awesome. I owe you my life. What's Dwight gonna be like? Ha ha, you're a Lakers fan. And, and then throw he push you, you right? Right, he push you. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's that. gonna be karma. And then I'll be there pulling myself up from the ledge and laughing at both of you <laughs> as we die. Yes. All right. Because that was your your own dang decision to save Dwight Howard instead of me. Right. I'm done. (laughs) We need a break. Uh, When we come back, uh, Jeanette, she survived her bachelorette party in Puerto Rico with roughly 57 or 58 other women. Uh, How ratchet did she get? We'll find out when we come back. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.